alrighty then. This is my second attempt. Good thing I didn't get too far in the first attempt. But anyway, hi. This is episode 37, and in this episode I'm just going to um, answer my Patreon. I asked all of my patrons to ask me um, any advice questions that they had for me for a future podcast episode and um I'm gonna try and answer as many fucking questions as I possibly can um and give the best advice that I possibly can so uh without further ado that's literally what this episode is anyway the first question comes from my lovely friend Heather Watson and she asks how do you stay so positive and what's one thing younger Tori would love to hear from present Tori? The, the, to answer the qu- first question, how do I stay so positive? Um, I've always been a positive person. I've always, um, I've always had that sort of disposition, wanting to help people and stuff like that, even from a young, you know, as a young kid. Um, so it's always been in me. That's just always who I am. It's always been who I am. But I'm also somebody who's always suffered from depression and anxiety. And whenever I feel myself getting into a lower vibrational frequency, um, I try to just surround myself with as much positivity as possible. Puppies, fucking babies, things that are pure and innocent that um, do nothing else but bring your spirits up. Don't watch horror movies. Don't watch drama movies. Don't watch movies about death and killing and dying and whatever. Your disposition and your positivity is, is reflected by the things that you surround yourself with and the people that you surround yourself with every single day, whether you realize it or not, right? So if you watch a lot of fucking CSI, let's say, and it's all about fucking dead killing and and all of this drama, subconsciously it's going to fuck with you. So what I do is like every single night before I go to why do you guys think I love Bob Ross so much? It's because not only is he a fucking legend, but it's because when I was going through one of the worst parts of my life... Um, when I couldn't sleep, I would put him on because it was literally just nothing but painting and positivity and calmness. And it's almost like a form of meditation. Sometimes I'll watch Pokemon. Sometimes I'll put on a fucking, why do you think I love Disney movies so much? It's because there's always a happy ending. There's always laughter. There's always something to look forward to, you know, um, that that's going to bring your spirits out. That's how I stay positive. Aside from everything else that I've said that I do, which is journaling, meditating, and and things like that, positive affirmations, um, just looking on the bright side of every situation and and rationalizing every situation, knowing that I'm in control of my thoughts and my actions, um, like the Stoics say. Like, all of that aside, literally, you know, um, sometimes just adding a little color into your life, you know? Uh, uh, whether that's with how you like all, if you look at every single one of my favorite movies, yes. Okay. The Twilight series has a little bit of death in it, but at the end of the day, it's, it's a, it's an escape. Um, uh, and, and it's the, 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 it ends the story, the end of the story is a positive one, but every single one of my favorite movies is, um, about triumph it's not it's not a fucking dark none of my favorite things are dark you know what I mean and so I think that's another way that I just stay positive in life that was a very long-winded answer but I have to drive it home um the second part what's one thing younger Tori would love to hear from present Tori um I don't like doing this because I've been asked this question so many times, like if you could go back and give advice to your younger self, what would you say? Um, And the only thing that I would say is get on the plane, go visit your family in Florida. Don't be afraid. Everything's going to be okay. That's the only regret that I have in my life is not seeing my grandmother and being fearful, living in fear um, in that aspect. In every other aspect of my life, even as a younger kid, 
as a younger, you know, teen or whatever, I never lived in fear. I came out very early. I was who I was. At 17, I cut my fucking hair. I've always been unafraid to be myself. So the only regret that I have is allowing my anxiety to debilitate me enough to not get on a plane to go see my grandmother. And, 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 and in turn, I didn't, I didn't have as many moments with her before she died as my sister and, and people who did get on the plane. So that would be the only piece of advice that I would give my younger self. Knowing what I know now, I'd go back and I'd be like, idiot, don't cancel your ticket, you fucking idiot. Nothing's going to happen. Your friends and your family that are going to Florida tomorrow, they're going to end up landing in Florida and landing back in New York. Nothing's going to happen. Get on that plane and go have a good time with your friends and family and stop being a vagina. That would be the only piece of advice. You know, don't be afraid. Holly Adams um, asks, how do you know if the changes that your partner is making are real or if you're just being gaslighted? Um, well, signs of being gaslighted. I want to do a video about this, like in more detail, kind of like the seven tips for anxiety, but with a get with gaslighting, I have so many ideas. Part of how, one of the, the, the ways that you know you're being gaslighted is when you address an issue to your partner and your partner tells you you're being too sensitive or you're blowing things out of proportion or you're being dramatic. That's a form that's, that's gaslighting. Um, them telling you it's all in your head or you know like no I am making the changes or like whatever that's how you know you're being gaslighted you know when your partner is is making an active um um uh what's the word I'm looking for is making a, a conscious effort to change for you or or for themselves really you know what I mean at the end of the day you can't change a person um uh a person has to want to change, you know, you can't make a person love you. You can't make a person treat you the way that you deserve to be treated. They have to want to do that for you. And you know, if they want to do that for you, because it'll come organically, they'll do it on their own. Like I'm making a conscious effort to not drink for myself, not because anybody forced me to or whatever. And because of that, because I made that decision on my own accord, I'm going to stick with it or, or try to as best as I can. Um, in your opinion is a guilt trip manipulation. Yes. 110%. When you try and guilt your, you can't guilt anybody to feeling a certain way. You can't guilt anybody to, um, acting a certain way in the way that you want and even if you did why would you want to because it wouldn't be real anyway you know you can tell somebody how you feel and tell somebody hey you know you're making me feel like shit right now and if you care about me you'll maybe consider that and 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 act accordingly that's not a guilt trip but if you're purposely trying to um almost scare a person into changing like I'm gonna hurt myself if you don't or whatever that yeah that is absolutely manipulation at its at its most pure form that is manipulation those people who say when you um break up when you want to break up with them or what oh, I'm gonna kill myself this and that that's manipulation um I fucking can't stand that shit by the way anyway um thank you for your question uh, my wonderful friend Allie um, says, work-life balance, knowing when it's time to take a step back and focus on different things. What are your signs that mentally you need to change some things? My irritability levels go up as positive as a person that I am. Um, when I find that um, I'm getting really irritable when people are reaching out to me, even if they're reaching out just to see if I'm okay. When I can feel myself getting overwhelmed with that, like, oh my God, just leave me alone type of thing. And it happens because I'm human. That's when I know I need to take a step back from my phone from and just focus on things that I love to do, that I like to do, read um, watch one of my favorite shows on Netflix, whatever it is, I need to take time for myself. When, when, when my irritability level goes up, that's when I know that I need to like pump the brakes on whatever the fuck I'm doing 
and and certain things can wait and like be put on the back burner. It's a matter of assessing and reassessing and reassessing. Like that's you never you never take inventory on on your life once. You know you have to always revisit it, revisit it, even if it's every three weeks. You're like, okay, where am I at right now? You know what I mean? Okay, this was a priority a couple of weeks ago, but now I kind of pushed that to the side. So can I make this a priority now, three weeks later? No, I'm not really feeling it. Okay, well, then it continues to stay on the back burner. That's kind of, it's it's a constant reassessment. Um, and asking yourself, you know, like, if you are finding that you're getting irritable easily, and you're feeling overwhelmed with every single, especially in my position, you know, I love people, I love connecting with everybody. Um, but, but sometimes I'm just like, some, and this is the truth, God's honest truth, that sometimes I'm just like, leave me the fuck alone, everybody, everybody, doesn't matter who it is, leave me the goddamn fuck alone, my mother will literally say my name, and I'll be like, oh my god, please just leave me alone. And when I'm there, that's how I know that I need to take a step back and just start doing for me. I hope that answered your question. Steph, my lovely Steph asked, what advice would you give someone who is witnessing a loved one or friend get lost in a toxic relationship? We both know that you don't get out of something like that until you're ready. Sometimes regardless of everyone's effort to open your eyes to the toxicity, what can we as friends do to help? You can't force your friend to get out of the toxic situation. You can't. You can you can tell them, hey, I just want to say from an outsider's perspective, and you have to do it in a strategic, very gentle way. Because a lot of the times, and this is coming from somebody who was in a toxic situation, a lot of the times that person has blinders on. And if they're being gaslighted, a lot of the times they're being made to believe that the people on the outside, the people who truly do care about them, you know, it's almost like, that person that they're with is 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 going to say like nobody wants us together they're going to try and divide us like you know and then you go and like if you come in like a wrecking ball like hey that person's a shit piece of shit whatever there that person that you're talking to is going to be like see so my my significant other told me you would say that you you don't want me to be happy it's going to be that type of thing so you have to approach it in a gentle way and you have to realize you are not in control of that fucking person as upsetting as it is to watch them lose themselves in their relationship in their toxic situation you are not in control of them it's not your fucking job to babysit them or handhold them out of it they have to want out that's that's point blank period unfortunately that's that's just how it is the only thing you can do as a friend as a loved one on the outside is make them try to make them aware and just say it once maybe twice but don't try and don't be you know uh redundant let them know hey i just want to let you know this it, it, it seems a little toxic you know you don't really seem like yourself I love you I care about you I just want you to be okay if ever you're not just know that I'm always here for you and when you're ready I will help you through this you know what I'm saying like that is really all you can do you can't do anything else there's nothing else what are you gonna do pull them out of the relationship with the person that they love the most had anybody did that to me when I was in my relationship with my ex I literally would have came out swinging and went right back how many people literally sat me down and they were like Tori come on bro what are you doing you don't even know who the fuck you are anymore you're losing yourself what what's going on here and and I took a, I took offense to it because I was being gaslighted because I be- really believed that what I was doing was for the greater good. There's nothing you can say that's going to penetrate that person and and cause them to leave. They have to leave on their own accord. If it's a situation where they're in danger, you know, they're being punched, kicked, like you know, they're they're being physically abused and you're afraid for their 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 safety, their physical safety, um, you can, you can obviously get, get people involved, but even, even then, 
I know people, I know people who are in abusive relationships where they're being physically abused badly. If they don't want to press charges, they're not going to press charges. If they want to make excuses, they're not going to, they're, they're not going to, um, uh, you know, get their significant other arrested. It's just not going to happen. So, so we have to take a realistic approach. You have to, you can cut them off. You can tell them, hey, I love you and I really, really want your safety and well-being to be priority. But it seems as though that's not the case and I can't sit around and watch you go down the tubes. I want you to know the connection is still here. I'm not severing it, but I need to step away because I can't watch you be in this situation. But if you need me, I will be here. I will check up on you. I will, you know, once a month, make sure you're okay that's the best that you can do. That's the best that you can do. You're every, we're all adults here. We can't force anybody to get out of a situation they don't want to get out of, regardless, regardless of how bad it is. It's unfortunate. And sometimes it doesn't end well, you know, but that's the reality of the situation. That person has to want out. Anyway, Kelly Tabaris asks, as an empath with little to no time, what do you do to save your energy or protect it from everyday life? Um, journaling. What do you do to not stay exhausted all the time and to renew your energy? I'm still working on that, actually. Um, like right now, I'm in that place where I'm, you know, a little bit physically exhausted, emo emotionally fucking drained and exhausted. Um so what do I do? I journal, I dance, um, basically the same things that I do to avoid anxiety or get rid of my anxiety is what I do to anything that, anything that's really thoughtless. Like for me, uh, meditating and dancing and watching my favorite show on Netflix, watching a movie. Like, there are times where I'm just like, just want to fucking be alone. I don't want to read a book right now, you know? I just want to be alone and watch my movie and check out. And so I do. And that's that, you know? Um, Catherine, my Tinka, said, do you ever feel like you give too much and don't get enough in return from people? How do you manage those feelings? Um, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And the lesson for 2021 for me is learning to allocate my energy and match instead of over, uh, overdo it. You know, if somebody comes to me with this energy, I need to match them with that same energy. You know, I don't need to go above and beyond to, to anybody, for anybody, not a follower, not a family member, not a friend, not somebody I'm fucking... It doesn't matter. If you are bringing X energy, I don't need to give you X, Y, Z energy in order to keep you around. And that mindset is something that I'm 150,000% actively working on getting rid of. Um, and, and, and sometimes you'll lose people, you know? Sometimes you'll lose people because you'll make them aware of, hey, I've given xyz and you've only given x and that's not really fair and so i need to take my energy back and the one thing you have to realize is when you're that person you're a person like me who gives more than you get when you take your energy back that those people don't know how to react they can't do it they're not used to you not doing for them and one of two things is going to happen. They're either going to get really fucking angry and move the fuck on and get butt hurt and go find somebody else to stick a, stick a straw in and suck the energy out of, or they're going to change their shit really quick and meet you where you're at. That's, that's really it. Or you can maintain a friendship or a situation where you fucking bring your energy back down to where they're at. I think, again, it all comes down to awareness. A lot of the times, for me at least, I give on autopilot. You know, like like I said, people say I love you. It's always I love you more. No, it doesn't need to be I love you more. It needs to be I love you back. I love you too. 
you know? And nobody's going to be telling yourself, nobody's going to be fucking offended by that. (laughs) Who's going to be like, you don't love me more? Fuck you. I can't talk to you anymore. You know what I mean? It's, it's, It's constantly telling yourself, okay, I don't need to go above and beyond to keep this person in my life. And, and if, it is a person that you feel you do need to do that. They don't belong in your life. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's how I handle that. And I'm actively working on that right now. That's like literally one of the things, the main things that I'm working on in life. Um, Courtsy asks, what advice would you give to someone that recently came out but can't tell their family because they're homophobic and she'll get disowned asking for a friend? Um, that's a really good question. Sometimes it's not easy to, um, just cut and dry, come out of the closet. You know, sometimes coming out of the closet means losing your entire livelihood and the roof over your head. What I would tell her to do is work her ass off. And this is what Mama Jill Wallace would tell her to do too. I know for a fact because I've heard her say it. I would, and I think it's really good advice. You know, I, I always, I always approached this, this advice with fuck what anybody thinks, be your true self. And yeah, I still feel that way. You know, if you know your families might look scoff at you or whatever, but they're not going to disown you. They're not going to kick you out of the house. You're not going to be homeless. Yeah. Fuck what they say and what they think. Be yourself. But in this type of situation, if you're going to be in physical danger, if you are going to be homeless on the streets and have nowhere to fucking go and be disowned and be kicked out, the best thing to do is to come at it in a strategic way. Don't stay in the closet forever. But if you know that that is your situation, what you need to do is work your ass off, whether it's working on getting your bachelor's fucking degree so you can get a really good job to provide for yourself, um, getting a really good job, out, whatever, whatever. Just, just working your ass off to make as much money as you possibly fucking can and do good for yourself monetarily so that you can leave as quickly as you possibly can. And, um, and then once you leave, like literally tape a fucking rainbow outside your door at, on your way out and tell them to all fucking kick rocks and go live in your apartment by yourself and make some gay ass friends and some gay ass family members and go live your merry life after that. You know what I'm saying? That's the best situ. That's the best thing that I could say to do. And, um, um, it's just, there's always a way. There's always a way to become better, um, become a fucking Uber driver even, and put all your time and energy into being an Uber driver and save up as much fucking money as you can and go get yourself a one bedroom apartment and you can go live on your own terms and thus be out of the closet and happy and not have to deal with your homophobic parents and then come out to them and be your true self. And if they disown you, fuck off then. You know what I'm saying? What are they going to do? Come to your house where you're living that you've saved up for and beat your ass? Okay, they'll be arrested. You know what I'm saying? So that's uh, that's my take on that. Shauna Carter asks, when you get to the point where it's a mental argument just to get out of bed, what do you say to yourself that motivates you? That's a really good question because lately I've been feeling that way where... um. You know, I get up, I wake up in the morning and I'm just like, Ugh, I don't even want to fucking do this right now. And I haven't felt like that in a very long time. So when I get to that point, to be honest, just having something to look forward to gets me out of bed. For me, it, it sounds so weird, but for me, it's my breakfast. <laughs> it's my breakfast and my coffee every goddamn morning that that give me something to like look forward to. It's like, okay, well... Sometimes you have to get back down to the most basic of needs, your food. Like it's like um, the hierarchy of needs, right? It's it's obviously food and shelter and um, and and um, all of that. And then it, and then you go up and, you know, you can't you can't be self-actualized until you meet your basic needs, which is fucking being alive, you know. So when you wake up in the morning and you think to yourself, well, I'm hungry. All right, well, I got to fucking eat, you know, I, I, 
I haven't showered in 24 hours. I got to wash my ass. You know what I'm saying? Like those things, little things like that, just um, get me out of bed at the very least. I look forward to my breakfast every morning. I love my fucking breakfast. I love my morning routine as much as whatever's going on with me right now emotionally kind of bogs me down and, and makes me feel like, God, I don't want to get out of bed. It's that, you know, it's that. And then, and then after that, it's, um, me look, it's just looking forward to my routine, my, my reading my book or making a video today. I gotta, I got today. I gotta make a video, you know, I gotta, I gotta post a video. So it's just that, that sort of shit that gets me out of bed. Um, and also just being thankful again for the basic shit, being thankful that my eyes are open. It's easy to wake up and think, God, fuck that. Even if you have like a good dream or whatever, and you're like, fuck, I wish I could go back to sleep and go relive that dream. Yeah, but you know what? This is life and you should feel lucky, especially now in this country alone, 400,000 people dead. You are one of the lucky ones if you're waking up every single morning, not sick, not in hospice, have not having not lost anybody uh, close to you. You know what I'm saying? If that is your life, that should be enough at this point in this state of affairs right now, the way we're living, to get you out of bed, regardless. Because listen, if you're upset over a breakup or, or, or something like that, in the grand scheme of things, it's trivial. I thought the end of my, I thought my relationship with my ex was the ending, was the end of my world. I thought her moving on to somebody else was the end of my world. And guess what? The fucking sun rose and set every goddamn day, regardless. Grass grew, regardless. The seasons changed, regardless. And I fucking got over it, regardless. And here I am. You know what I'm saying? So if you're dealing with a situation like that, just know that it may suck right now, but you'll fucking get over it. And in a year from now, you'll look back and be like, wow, I'm really happy with the person that I'm with. And uh, I get why that had to happen. You know, so I guess it's just knowing that life doesn't stop and knowing that if you're alive, you get another chance at it. And that that's enough for me. Plus my breakfast. I fucking love my breakfast. Anyway, Mags, Mags asks, what's the best way to go about focusing on yourself more without coming across as a selfish asshole to friends and family? That's the first part of the question. Um, is saying no a bad thing? No, never. Is not texting back rude if you're... No. If you're not in the mood? No. How do you care for yourself and others in equal measure? First and foremost, everybody ask, act, Everybody acts in their own self-interest. That is just the truth of the matter, right? So what you need to do is focus on Maggie and focus on yourself and ask yourself first... Do, first of all, if somebody asks you for a favor, the first question should be, do I really want to do this? If the answer is no, then it's a no from you, dog, period. If you don't want to fucking do it, you don't have to do it. You are you. You are not obligated to anybody. Anybody. You have to take care of A1 first and foremost, right? And and I ha sometimes I have an issue with saying no sometimes and I just go with the flow and shit or whatever. Again, something I'm still actively working on. But what I've learned and what I've grown to become over the years is is more aware of me and what I need and what I'm going through. So, no, it's not rude to not answer a text message, regardless of who the fuck it is. You are not entitled or obligated to anybody. Point blank, period. And anybody who thinks that they are entitled to an answer just because they have your fucking phone number should kick fucking rocks and ask themselves why they really genuinely feel that way. Did their mother hug them a little too much, maybe? Or maybe give them too much fucking validation in life to think that they're just owed a goddamn response? Nobody's fucking owed a goddamn response. You know, if if you're not in the midst of a conversation about anything detrimental to life or a relationship, you don't need to answer. If you're having a conversation with somebody about emotions and, and this and that, 
it's it's kind of rude mid-conversation to just stop answering. If you have nothing to say, you should probably just communicate and be like, hey, don't really have, I don't really know what to say right now. So, you know, sorry, my camera turned off. I don't really know what to say right now, so I'm just not going to, but... I just wanted to give you that heads up that I'm not ignoring you. Fine. But if you're just going about your daily shit and somebody texts you for a favor or texts you in general and you're just not in the mood, that's okay. You don't need to. I literally sometimes look at my phone and I'm like, not in the mood to answer that. And I don't feel bad. I used to, but I don't fucking feel bad for it anymore. Because I'm not indebted to anybody like that. Um... What's the best way to go about focusing on yourself more? That, just knowing that, and if you got to get pissed off about it, get pissed off about it. Because you will, you will. If you continue to give what you don't want to give to people, just because you feel as though you need to in order to keep them around, or that's just who you are, you're going to eventually get fucking fed the fuck up. That's where I'm at right now fed the fuck up i don't need to zoom call with you every five seconds we don't need to have a phone call we don't i don't need to voice note you to get my point this isn't just in life in general i don't need to do these things if i do it it's because i want to and if i'm not doing it it's because i don't want to and i don't need to and it's not detrimental to my growth on on a platform or my growth in general as a human being you know what i'm saying you are not in you weren't nobody is entitled to your fucking energy nobody you are entitled to your energy and the the minute you realize that is the minute you say fuck this fuck the fuck out of this and sometimes listen i'm living proof of it Still, present day, I got to tell myself this. But sometimes, even the people, sometimes you get you get um, rose-colored glasses because you care about the person. And you want to, let's say, be with the person or whatever it is, right? You want a romantic situation with that person. So you feel like you owe them. You don't even owe that person anything. You don't owe anybody anything, especially when it comes to your energy and your life force. That is your life force force that's your soul whatever the fuck you want to call it your chi that is yours and yours alone and nobody who is anybody should fucking think that they are entitled just because they exist in this world no sorry boo boo if you're not giving that back to me i don't owe you a mother fuck anything period and even if you are giving it back to me I don't owe you a motherfuck anything. Because if you're giving me your energy, you're choosing to give me your energy. I'm not asking for it. I'm not sticking a straw in you and telling you to give me your energy. If you offer to help me, that is your offer. I am not, that's not, I didn't ask for it. You know what I'm saying? It's like, if I ask for it and I take advantage, okay, fine, I'm responsible. But if you come to me and you offer your help or whatever that doesn't mean you are uh, that doesn't mean to me that doesn't mean I'm obligated to anybody period cuz cuz the way that I am is if I want to help somebody I'm going to do it out of the kindness of my heart and what that means is I'm not going to ask for anything back in return I'm going to do it cuz I wanted to do it cuz it came from my heart and it came from me and if I don't want to do it I'm not going to fucking do it I'm you know a lot of people are out here trying to help others for for an ulterior motive or whatever nah bro we don't play that if you want to help help out of the kindness of your heart and don't expect anything back in return because that's what you do when you help out of the kindness of your heart if you don't want to help because the only reason you're helping or doing something is to get something out of another person stop right there Er, put the brakes on it don't fucking even start what you want to start then that that's 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 what it what what it is when it comes to energy. You know what I mean? Like nobody is entitled to my answer or response via text message. And the same goes for you, Megs. The same goes for you. You are not entitled to answer a fucking DM from somebody. Whether they're telling you they hate you or they love you, they are not entitled to an answer. You are not entitled you are not obligated 
to fucking answer a text message or a phone call that you don't want to answer. Period. My friends know that. Literally, as I'm recording this, my friend Papa just called. Did I answer? No, because I don't have to, you know, I'll call her back when I'm ready to have a conversation about my life or whatever. I'll call her back. And she knows that. So I think that's that, you know, I I could literally I could I should probably do a whole episode on this because this is like my heartstrings in one fucking place because I am sick. I can't tell you. I am sick and fucking tired of people thinking they're entitled to me, to, to, to my energy and what I have to give in this world. Like, nah, bro, I'm the only one that's entitled to me and my energy, period. That's it. That's on period. Anyway, Kayla Wallace asked, what should someone, <laughs> I love how I'm just like, going off on tangents and then just okay anyway um what should someone do who comes out to their family as being bi and you feel as if your family doesn't support you as they should tell them to fuck off my dad literally had a conversation with my dad last night and he literally proceeds to tell me that being gay is a choice and that um I shouldn't wear that my gayness makes some people this is a conversation I had last night January 19th I'm recording this January 20th at 5:30 so you figure this will probably go up at 8 p.m. right you that you guys are watching 8 p.m. my time so literally last night 24 hours ago my father sat across the table from me at a diner and said I need to tone down my gayness because I don't know if it makes people uncomfortable or not. And I said to him, you know what I said to him? I said, okay, well then you need to tone down your Trump supportingness because you have no problem going out in public and literally just outwardly expressing how you support Trump and you don't know how other people feel politically. And the difference between me and you is that yours is a fucking choice and mine's not. I don't choose to, yeah, I choose to dress the way that I dress. I don't choose to be gay, though. This is what makes me comfortable. What, you want me to wear a dress because that makes you more comfortable? Fuck the fuck off. Your green shirt makes me uncomfortable, so you should probably change it. Do you have, do you bring a change of clothes into your trunk just in case the, the, the fucking shade of your shirt makes somebody else uncomfortable? Fuck out of here. If they're not fucking you, financing you, or um that's really it if if you can pay your own goddamn way in life if you have your own place if they're not threatening to take any of that away from you then tell them to fuck off fuck off you don't need here's the thing in life you don't need their approval you don't need their support in order to be you do they need your support in order to be assholes? No, they fucking don't. You know what I'm saying? They say it's fine or whatever, but you can tell it bothers them. Then let it bother them. Let it fucking bother them. Because guess what? They obviously have nothing better to do in their lives if who you fuck bothers them. My mother right now could go fuck whoever she wants. And you know what it wouldn't do? It wouldn't bother me. Because that's her coochie. And her coochie alone. And who the fuck would I be, the person who came out of that coochie, to tell her who the fuck she can fuck and who she can't? If I feel somebody is going to hurt her or whatever, yeah, that'll get protective. Same from her to me. But who gives a... If they're fucking bothered by it, let them be bothered by it. And you go live your life and be happy. And do not get bothered by them being bothered by it. Like they obviously have nothing better to do. And, and, and I'm, and I'm like, genuinely, I'm not trying to be harsh or anything like that. They obviously have nothing better to do in their lives. If they're more concerned about who you're fucking and bringing home than what they're doing. I would say to them, I, I would look at it and be like, why don't you worry about getting laid yourself? Don't worry about what I'm doing in my life. I'm a fucking grown ass adult. You know what I'm saying? Like literally, I, and I come with this energy to my dad too. My When he says this shit, I'm like, yeah, it's a choice. Okay. You chose to be straight then? That's You woke up one day and you were like, you know what? I think straight's the best route for me. I do. No, you didn't. And, and 
we have this conversation over and over again. And he literally told me to tone down my gayness, to, to not talk about it as much and to not be who I am. And I said, and I looked him dead in his fucking face and I said, sorry, bro. No, I don't care who it makes, who I don't care if my presence makes you. And this is exactly what I said to him. I said, anybody who is uncomfortable with my presence and my gayness and the level of gayness that I choose to or or don't choose to exude out into the world. Anybody who's uncomfortable with that needs to ask themselves why they're so uncomfortable with it. It's not a me fucking problem. That's a them problem. So if your family members or close friends have some sort of issue and they're a little bit bothered by it, that's not your issue. That's not your problem. Go fuck who you want to fuck. Fuck three people at a time. If that's what you want to do, if that's what makes you fucking happy, that's your prerogative. And if that bothers somebody else, they got to ask themselves why that bothers them. That's not your problem. You know what I'm saying? If I love a straight girl and a straight girl can't love me back because she's too afraid, it's not my fucking problem. You got to ask yourself how you grew up, why you're so afraid to love like that, why you're so afraid to feel a love like that if that's the case. What? You got to feel bad for those people. That's not a you thing. You're just sad because every man you've been with has cheated on you. No, that's just something ignorant people say because they don't understand. You could sit them down and make them try to understand, but regardless, people like that are going to draw their own conclusions and they're going to stick with those conclusions. You can't reason with unreasonable people. You can't educate an uneducated, a willingly uneducated person. You can educate a willingly, um, um, uh, you can educate a person who's uneducated but is willing to learn but a person who's projecting their judgments onto you is willingly willfully ignorant and you can't educate a willfully ignorant person what you can do is tell them to fucking kick rocks and go live your life and be happy that's literally all you can fucking do like that's it um the girls you like look like men yeah nobody gets it they're just it, they sound like idiots, realistically. And show them this fucking video. And if you want, show them this exact part in this video. And I'll let them know themselves. You're a fucking idiot. You're an ignorant moron. And maybe you should listen to your family member instead of trying to tell them who the fuck they are and what the fuck they want. Because guess what? If you were sitting down eating pizza, your family member wouldn't look at you and be like, you used to eat white cheese on your pizza. Now you eat fucking yellow cheese on the pizza. Why? Is it because the white cheese gave you diarrhea? You really like the white cheese better, don't you? You wouldn't fucking do that, would you? No. And you wouldn't want anybody to do that to you. So fuck the fuck off. Stop being an ignoramus. And if you can't stop being an ignoramus, well, that's your issue. And Kayla's going to go fuck whoever she wants anyway. And take that and shove it right up your asshole. Because whether you're gay or straight, if you're a man, you have a G-spot up there. So enjoy it. Anyway, I'm fired up today. Anyway, uh, the, last the last question, thankfully, um, is Alex McWhirter. And Alex asks, how do you go about implementing real changes within yourself when you recognize and become aware of your own bad habits or traits? Well, first of all, first of all. There's a second part to this question, but I just want to stop you right there. If you are recognizing and aware of the changes that you need to make, you are so much further ahead of like 98% of the fucking population in this world. I promise you that. So you're on the, the right track just by recognizing the things that you need to change. Um, and depending on And depending on what those changes are sometimes therapy helps sometimes um it's just changing habits you know it, it, you have to figure out you said bad habits okay so if it's a bad habit you can you you've you've already you've already gotten past the hardest part which is the recognition that is the issue with so many fucking people is there they don't recognize they're so they live their lives on autopilot or like just blaming everything else for the shit that they do um 
that they refuse to see. So if you are one of those people that can recognize and be self-aware, you're so much more ahead of everybody else. You are so far ahead and that much closer to change just by recognizing it. So what you could even do is literally write down, okay, this is the bad habit that I have, whether it's fucking smoking. For me, as an example, mine is drinking my feelings. When I feel deeply about a situation, whether it's a death or loss of a relationship, I tend to turn to alcohol. So this year, 2021, I recognized that I did that. And I also recognized that in doing that, I, my, my inhibitions get lowered and I make really stupid decisions under the influence. Decisions that could harm me and in a pandemic, other people. You know, because my inhibitions are lower and I go to I go wherever and see whoever and, you know, I could bring home COVID and kill somebody potentially. So that in and of itself, right, is one of my issues, one of my bad habits that I'm trying to kick this year. Um, so you could write that down and then ask yourself, what steps could I take to kicking this habit? For me, it's not simply just not drinking and what does that mean sometimes maybe taking yourself out of the environment that would trigger you to do that bad habit so for me with my drinking it would be okay I know my drinking friends I know who my drinking friends are and maybe I need to lay low from them a little bit lay low from the social shit and kind of just you know go within a little bit whatever your habit is Write it down. This is my bad habit. Okay, now that I've recognized what my bad habit is, what can I do to change that? What steps can I take? What actions can I take to change those, right? Traits. Um, uh, for me, traits is more of a therapy thing. You can talk to a therapist and, and get tools from a therapist. You know, one of my traits is avoiding. And so, again... I'm in therapy about it, but also one of the, the act and it's all about action, right? To make a change, you have to take action. So for me, my trait is avoidance, avoiding communication, avoiding confrontation. You know, I feel like everybody's going to fucking hate me if I confront an issue, right? And sometimes it comes from fear. And what do you have to do when you have a fear? You have to put yourself into that fear and, and, and face that fear in order to get rid of it. Right. So for me, I'm focusing on the two most the two biggest things that I'm focusing on this year. Three biggest things are, are these things, literally. Um, so I've told myself I'm going to be more expressive. What does an expressive person, what does somebody who expresses themselves look like? It's obviously not me. Right. But what, because one of my traits is avoidance. What does somebody who communicates effectively look like? Oh, okay. It's somebody who when they feel something, they maybe, okay, maybe they take a little bit to rationalize their feelings and jot them down on a piece of paper and journal them. And then once they have their feelings down pat and they know exactly how they feel, they go to the person who's making them feel that way and they address it, right? That is what somebody who expresses themselves look like, looks like. So... Those are the actions that I'm going to take to change that trait of mine. Is it going to be overnight? Absolutely not. Are you going to relapse? Absolutely. Because we're human beings, right? Like this weekend, I'm going out for one of my friend's birthdays um, to dinner. I might slip up. <laughs> I'm going to try my hardest not to. Maybe I'll purposely make myself drive so I don't drink, you know, Um Maybe that's what I'll do. You know, hold yourself accountable. But but you know, knowing and recognizing and being aware of your own bad habits and traits puts you so far ahead of everybody else, you have no idea. The second part of that question is, have you ever become aware of something about yourself that you wanted to change? Yeah, yeah, okay. If so, how did you do it and were you successful? Um. Well, here's the thing. When it comes to... Ch when it comes yes I have been successful when I look back and this is the thing it's not you can't you don't set when you're trying to change a trait 
or a bad habit. There's no set date. Like sometimes you can set a date like, okay, I want like for my, for my drinking, I want to be a year sober. I want to do a six months to a year sober. That's, that's my goal, right? And then once I hit it six months or a year, you know, I'm still obviously deciding which one it is. Once I hit that mark, then I can reassess, right? So success is subjective um, when it comes to when it comes to change sometimes. And sometimes it happens gradually, very gradually over time where you look back and you're like, wow, you know what? The old Tory wouldn't have handled this situation that way. You know, the old Tory would have done this or or that or, you know, um, the old Alex would have done this or done that. And that's how you measure your success. And we all can do that at some point in our lives. We all can sit back and look back and say, okay, if this situation that I'm going through right now, I were going through five years ago, how would five year ago Alex have acted versus Alex, how she's handling it right now? If it's a significant difference, then you know that you've succeeded in that change, you know? So it's constantly assessing, constantly reflecting, um, and that's how you can tell that you've been successful. So yeah, I, there's sometimes you have success of, of, of changing certain bad habits and things like that that you didn't even realize you were being, you were changing, you know? Um, so absolutely, yeah, most definitely. And I loved every single one of these questions. I definitely want to do this again. Thank you to every single patron who fucking submitted a question. If you have any more questions, I definitely would love to answer more questions. Y'all fired me the fuck up and um, got my juices flowing. So I appreciate you all very much. And um, I hope I hope this episode helped. Uh, and yeah, let me know like this video, let me know what you want to see in the next coming episodes and videos and stuff like that. I love you guys very, very much. And I will see you guys in the next episode. Peace out.